If you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 3, that's where we're going to jump in today. Uh, Norman had been doing a a little series looking at some things out of Acts chapter 2. I thought we'd jump into Acts chapter 3 today and just see what's happening there. So we're going to uh, look at the first, uh, I've written it somewhere, the first 12 verses of Acts chapter 3 and then we're going to jump to chapter 16. If you're picking it up in the Pew Bibles, you're looking for page 1094, Acts chapter uh, chapter chapter 3. It's the first book that comes after the four Gospels. Um, if you're not sure where you're looking, New Testament, first book that comes after the four Gospels, Acts chapter 3. We're going to read uh, verses 1 to 12, and then we're going to jump to, to verse 16. And this is what, it's, what it tells us. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to the men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? And then we jump to verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. We end our reading there and we thank God for his word. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we thank you for this word that you have given us today and we pray, Lord, that you will bless it as we think about it, as we unpack it, as we try to explore what you're saying to us today. May your spirit go before the words that I speak. May it prepare hearts and minds and lives to hear your message today. May the seed that I speak find fertile soil today. And Lord, use me as your vessel. Speak your words through me and hold back my own. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. In this story, we encounter a man who had been lame since birth. Every day, every day we're told that since birth, his friends or his family would take him to the temple, lay him at this gate called Beautiful, um, where uh, he um, he could beg for money. It does raise the question, of course, right at the start, let's, let's address that question. It does raise the question of whether Jesus ever walked past him. When Jesus went to the temple, did Jesus ever walk past him, see him there, and, and not heal him? Um, it's possible. It's possible that that happened. Um, what that tells us is, is not that God doesn't care about us, but it tells, does tell us something about God's timing. 
uh, that God works to his schedule. God works for his purposes in, in ways that don't always make sense to us. But if you remember a few weeks back, I, I, I preached and, and I reminded us, or we were reminded that God is at work in all things um, for the good of those who love him. That out of all situations, good can come from it. And so while we might go, well, why didn't Jesus heal him then? Well, that's because there's good that's going to come from the time that Jesus does want him to be healed. I remember a few years back uh, on Strictly Come Dancing, there was the Paralympian Lauren Stedman. She was one of the contestants. Uh, Lauren Stedman was born with, she was missing the lower part of her forearm. Uh, and, and I remember her saying that, that although it wasn't without difficulties, um, she never felt limited by her disability. Uh, in fact, it rather gave her so many opportunities in life that she might never have had were it not for that disability. And, but for this man's disability, um, he would never have been at the temple gate uh, on that day when Peter and John came walking past. He would never have found salvation on that day were it not for his disability. But I'm sure he never thought that way until afterwards. And I'm sure he never saw how his situation might open a door to something far more beneficial to him than he could ever have imagined. And I wonder how often we miss out on the opportunities that our situations could offer us because we focus too much on how they limit us or what they're holding us back from, that we miss the opportunities that God is speaking to us or, or, or offering us. When I read the story um, this week, and, and it's possibly a very familiar story to many of you, or maybe for, the, for you it's the first time that you're hearing the story, but when I read the story, there were two things that jumped out at me immediately. The first one is something that I've always known is there, but maybe this week I'm just seeing it differently or in a different light. We're told that every day this man was brought to the temple to beg for money. His condition clearly meant that in, in the context of his time, he couldn't work. There was nothing that he could do to earn money for himself. The best he could hope for in his situation, that people would give him money, that people would help him. He was there every day. And because he was there every day, um, it becomes clear that, that whatever he was being given wasn't enough to get him through anything more than just the next day. And so that was the best he could hope for. The best he could hope for in his situation was that his friends would bring him, his family would bring him, and people would give him enough to get him through until the next day. Putting his trust and his hope in the material things of this world were not going to transform his life. At best, putting his trust and his hope in the things of this world were going to get him through another day. It would help him survive, but he was never going to thrive in his life. The one thing, the only thing that could transform his life is Jesus. Had Peter and John given him money, given him what he had asked for, he would have been back the next day to ask again. But they gave him something else. They gave him the one thing that would change his life forever. The one thing that could only change his life forever, Jesus. And if you're searching for something in your life and you're starting to realize that there is nothing in this world that seems to be able to fulfill or to give you what it is that you're looking for, it's because there is nothing in this world that can give you or fulfill whatever it is that you're looking for.
It might be love, it might be purpose, it might be fulfillment, it might be joy, it might be self-worth, it might be freedom from, from a, an addiction or freedom from, from something that's holding you down. This world is going to offer you nothing that can give you what you're looking for because there is nothing in this world that can give you what you're looking for. The only thing, the only thing, the only person that you can find what you're looking for is in Jesus. No matter how many times this man received money, he was back the next day. No matter how many times he received money, he was back the next day. Back in the same place, with the same problems, filled with that same sense of hopelessness. Completely reliant on the generosity and the strength of others and not even guaranteed that. But it was only when he received Jesus in his life that he was able to stand on his own two feet. And that brings me to the second thing that jumped out at me when I read this. Something that has obviously always been there. It wasn't a new edition of the Bible with something added to it. It's always been there, but something that I'd never noticed before. And maybe I'd never noticed before because, because of the familiarity with the story. Maybe because when I start reading that story, my mind immediately jumps um, to that Sunday school song, which my family have said I'm not allowed to sing from up front yet, so I'll just quote you the words. Uh, but but that, that Sunday school song that we sing about uh, Peter and John went to pray and they met a young man on the way or something like that. Um, and, then, and then it says, um, verse 6, we, we sing verse 6, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then we jump to verse 8. The bit about walking and leaping and praising God. And we don't sing verse 7. We skip verse 7. And this is what verse 7 says. It says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. The name of Jesus had given this man strong feet and strong ankles. And that meant that he could now stand firm. Jesus had given him the ability. The name of Jesus had given him the ability to stand firm. When we receive Jesus in our lives, we can stand firm in the face of our own struggles. We can stand firm in the face of our own challenges. When I saw those words, the man's feet and ankles became strong, uh, my mind immediately went to Matthew 7, to, to when Jesus um, draws his, his sermon on the mount, that great teaching that he does on the mountainside, and he draws it to a close, and he says to those listening, therefore everyone... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the steam rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash." Putting your trust in Jesus means that you can stand firm in the face of storms. Even if, as Peter discovered, if the ground that you're standing on looks like water. In that metaphor Jesus using, uses about building houses, he is very clear that putting your faith in him doesn't keep the storms away. It doesn't stop the wind from blowing. It doesn't mean that the streams around you will rise and feel like you're being overwhelmed by them, but it does mean that you can stand firm in the face of them. 
This man who, who Peter and John healed, yes, his disability had been removed, but remember that the reason that he was there at the temple gates wasn't because he couldn't walk. The reason that he was there was because he didn't have money. He couldn't earn a living. He couldn't make ends meet. He couldn't do anything for himself. That's why his friends brought him there, so that he could get money, so that he could eat and that he could live. Five minutes after he was healed, even five hours after he was healed, his situation hadn't changed. He still didn't have money. He still struggled to make ends meet. But what had changed now was his ability to face that problem, to stand in the face of that problem. It is the name of Jesus that picked that man up that day. It is the name of Jesus that gave him strong feet and strong ankles. It is the name of Jesus that gave him the confidence and the desire to leap and jump and praise God. It is the name of Jesus that made people notice that there was something different about this man. It is the name of Jesus that transformed that man's life, not just for one more day, but for all eternity. And it is the name of Jesus that can transform your life for all eternity. Whatever it is that's keeping you down, whatever it is that's preventing you from standing firm today, it might be depression, it might be addiction, it might be a sinful lifestyle, it might be a lack of belief in yourself because for too long people have told you that you're not worth it. Or maybe you didn't get the results that you were hoping for in the last week or two. Whatever it is, Jesus, can lift you up from that day, from, from that today. Jesus can put you back on your feet again so that you can stand firm in the face of whatever it is that is beating you down today. One Sunday during the children's talk, the minister asked the children, what is green, has long legs, and jumps from lily pad to lily pad? And one little girl put her hand up, so the minister asked her what it is, and she said, I know the answer is always Jesus, but it sure sounds like a frog. Today I can tell you with 100% certainty that whatever it is that you're looking for in your life today, whatever it is that you need most, whether it is love or security or assurance or joy or self-worth or purpose or meaning, whatever it is that you're looking for in your life today, the answer is Jesus. The answer is 100% Jesus. And I can tell you that because I know that for myself. All night partying might feel like a good thing, until your body starts to say no. Sport is great until you can't play it anymore. Try to pursue the perfect body. Well, that's fantastic, but everybody, whether perfect or not, eventually grows old, withers, and dies. Focusing on your career, trying to reach the pinnacle of your industry might give you purpose and meaning, but one day you're going to retire. And then when you're gonna, where are you going to find fulfillment then? I partied, I built up a reputation of being a party animal, I played sport, I thrived on reputations of being goal scorers and hard men, the rebel, the atheist, the spiritual guy who was looking for meaning and purpose and inner peace and higher knowledge, all these things I pursued, looking to find that one thing that I was trying desperately to find, identity, meaning, purpose, self-worth. It was only when I found Jesus, only when I found him, that I finally found what I'd been looking for all that time. That who I am is okay, but he wants me to be so much more, and I can be so much more in him. 
The best that this world can offer you will only last until your body dies. And then what? What happens to you after you die? What happens then? This world can only guarantee you death. It's the only thing that this world can offer you and promise you is that eventually you're going to die. But Jesus offers you life. Life, eternal life. Whether you're sitting here in the sanctuary this morning or if you're watching this online, whether you're doing this live or maybe later in the week or in the months or even the years ahead, and you're watching this and you're wondering and you're searching and you're questioning, I want to give you the name of Jesus today because it's the name of Jesus that you've been looking for. That man didn't know it until Peter and John gave it to him. He didn't know that that's what he's been looking for. He thought it was just something to get him through the next day. But what he was looking for was Jesus. When I was sitting there, I was looking at these sunflowers and I was thinking, I know one interesting thing about sunflowers. I mean, they're stunning. So whoever put them there, thank you so much. They're really beautiful flowers. One thing I know about sunflowers is, is that they follow the sun. I'm not going to start preaching on a Beatles song, but, but sunflowers follow the sun. Um, as the sun moves across the sky, so they seek out the sun. That's how they've been created, to seek the sun. And we have been created in the image of God to seek God. And we always look for it in different places and we always try to find it. But what we're really looking for is God. Whatever it is that you're looking for today, that you're trying to find meaning today, it is Jesus. That man needed Jesus. But it was only when Peter and John gave him Jesus that he knew it. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Whatever it is that's holding you down today, whatever it is that is holding you back, in the name of Jesus, rise up. In the name of Jesus, rise up and be healed. Rise up and be filled with joy. Rise up and feel loved. Rise up and, 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 and feel whole. Feel restored. Rise up and, 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 and receive purpose and meaning and direction in your life. In the name of Jesus, rise up and receive life today, eternal life. What will happen when you die? Well, sometimes the world will tell you that nothing happens when you die. That that's it. That you're done. That there's nothing more. Or sometimes the world will tell you that if you've lived a good life, well, then you go to heaven because God wouldn't turn away good people. But what the world doesn't tell you is how good is good enough. How good is good enough? Actually, the world can't even tell you what is good anymore because what was good yesterday is not good today. It keeps changing. We can't keep up with what we thought was good 10 years ago as now suddenly it's not good anymore. The world cannot give you a firm foundation to stand on because the world is built on shifting sands. And Jesus is clear what happens to us when we build our house on shifting sands. And the storms come, and the rain comes, and the streams rise around us. But the Bible, the Bible is clear to us what we need to know. The Bible is a firm foundation that we can stand on. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. The Bible tells us what happens after we die. 
If we believe in him, we receive eternal life. It's a solid foundation. The name of Jesus is a solid foundation. And so if you're here today, in this building or online, if you are here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you're not here by coincidence. You haven't stumbled across this online by mistake. You're here because you or the person who invited you knows that whatever it is that you're looking for right now, the world, whether we define the world by society or culture or, or career or, or school or organizations that we belong to, the world isn't giving it to you. You know that. The person who has invited you here today knows that. And you're here because you're wondering if Jesus can. You're here because God is pursuing you because he loves you. You are not here by chance. You are here because God loves you. Right now. He loves you right now. In all the struggles that you're having, in all the mistakes that you're making, in all your imperfections, he loves you right now just as he loves everybody else sitting in the sanctuary today with their mistakes and their struggles and their imperfections, my mistakes and my struggles and my imperfections. He loves you and he wants you to love him back and he's giving you the choice today to make that decision. The world cannot give you what you want. Silver and gold, careers, education, identity, a standing in society, have I none. But what I give to you is the name of Jesus. So rise up. Rise up and stand firm. Strong feet, strong ankles, firm foundation. That is what Jesus wants to give you today. But you have the choice. Don't miss out on the opportunity to stand today in the face of all that is coming your way and all that you're dealing with. It is only in Jesus, only the name of Jesus that can give you that. Let us pray. Thank you, O oh my Father, for giving us your Son. We thank you for Jesus, because without him, we would be lost. Without him, there would be no hope. Without him, there would be no future. Without him, there would be no eternity. Death would come and that would be it. But you give us so much more in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks. Amen. Mm -hmm.